healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back, fellow news clubbers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here in Discologist. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Hope you're staying safe and sanitized like we are at our tiny shack just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Speaking of Milwaukee, got a great episode. Today for you with one of the pillars of the Milwaukee music community, Mr. Chris Rosenau. Uh, Chris was in a band called Pele a long time ago. Uh, Collections of Colonies of Bees is sort of has been his prevalent project for a long, long time, as you can hear us talk about. He was also in the band Volcano Choir, and he is one half of the duo Rosenau and Sanborn uh, that happened to have made one of our favorite records from last year, uh, Bluebird. So suffice to say, uh, Chris has been around. He's put in the work. He's also deeply invested in the Milwaukee art scene. Uh, I've seen him open for William Tyler at this little shop called Acme, uh, which is just a record store. Uh, he cleared out all, all the records and set down chairs, and it was fantastic. At any rate, uh, and and we haven't really talked a lot about our new hometown, even though we've been here for quite a while now. So I wanted to get Chris on, and we, we meant to do this uh, a long time ago, actually, and he was looking towards where he might be able to get to do it. And then this whole pandemic bullshit hit and we couldn't, we couldn't do it. We couldn't get a beer. We just, and so uh, w- what we had to do is we did it remotely. Like we do a lot of these things now. Uh, and it's sort of, sort of crazy since he is kind of down the street, but now they're here, you know, weird times, man, weird times, uh, weird. We, we do weird things. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk to Chris about, all his bands. We're going to talk about the uh, Milwaukee music scene. We're going to talk about the Cactus Club, uh, and um, yeah, it's a, it was a great chat. It was great catching up with him finally, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it when we get out in the real world. So if you're ready to sit down with me, and Mr. Chris Rose, now uh, let's go. And, and, you know, and we're doing a video conference and you're like a few blocks away. I know, I know. It's surreal. It is, it is very surreal. But um, I did some research uh, before this to look into like your career here in Milwaukee and you're basically in every band in Milwaukee. Is that right? (laughs) I mean, not as, I mean, to a certain extent, right? I mean, there's a lot of people in a lot of projects around the, around the city and, I mean, that's one of the best things about it. Like, we can get more into that later. But, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I play with a lot of different people. I've been playing here for a long time, so I tend to kind of know a lot of different people um, or know of them or know, you know, who can, who you know, who can, you, you know, if we want to play with this kind of person or this kind of person, who can kind of facilitate that. So, um, yeah, but I've been playing in Milwaukee, I mean, based out of Milwaukee for a long time. Were you, were you, did you grow up here? I did. I grew up uh, in a suburb, and now, yeah, I live in Bayview now. Now, now in Bayview, and then uh, the first band I think that 
that you got really big in was uh, Pele. Yeah, Pele was the first, not the first band I was in, but that was the first band that like ever kind of played and toured and recorded and all that kind of stuff. And that sort of, that, that was in the late 90s, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think, yes, late 90s, early 2000s. From Pele, you went to uh, this band that is uh, like a lot of Milwaukee bands, uh, kind of magical collections of colonies of bees. And one thing I found, as I moved here last year, one thing I found when I moved here is that I've been coming here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know anything about the music scene. Sure. And and I've been running like a music site for ten years, so that's so that's like on me. But but like I've been coming here from t- ten years, and then w- once we like landed here, it's it's kind of this weird magical place where like anything can happen. I think Collections of Colony of Bees is is like sort of an anchor for a lot of people. I remember meeting somebody outside the show at uh, Acme Records. Oh, uh, sure. dr- the drummer, I think it was Ben. Yep. And and he was just talk- he could it was going on and on about how like just the, all these groovy people that he's playing with and stuff, and um it, it's something that was unexpected. It's something that I haven't run into in anywhere I've lived, uh, and uh, you know been in Richmond, and Washington D.C. and but like what ha- has it always been this way, or is, have you just been like sort of on the ground level, like cultivating all this stuff. No, man, it's always been this way. It's always been amazing. So, I mean, to, to, to give you an example, like Pele, I mean, a lot of, a lot of these bands, um, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of bands start and, you know, do a thing and then, and then break up like kind of normally. Um, but it's not very uncommon here, um, to find bands that have gone through one or two or three or four or five, or sometimes more iterations. So like, uh, I mean, Pele started out with, um, I don't know if you know this, but it started out with Scott Shanebeck, who plays in Dashboard Confessional now. He just lives right down the street from me. Um, and John Mueller, uh, our original drummer, and then um, uh, a keyboard player. Uh, that went through a different iteration um, with uh, Matt Tennyson, a guy who lives in Chicago now from bands, polyvinyl bands like Paris, Texas and stuff like that. Um, and then incorporated Jim Shanneker, who eventually became part of Bees, uh, John Minor, who's out, out in Seattle now, um, but who also became part of Bees. And so, so, so that's just an example. Like Pele started out like that. Like Bees has been going on since Pele is going on. I started Bees in 1998. Um, as a side project, because because Pele was kind of a more r- instrumental rock kind of post rock kind of thing, um, and I wanted to do. I was t- I was getting into tons of like Gaster del Sol and uh, they, you know Grubs and Jim O'Rourke and stuff like that, more experimental stuff, um, and it, it's just crazy. Like places like you know um, back then, like Cactus Club, um, especially would would. So there's there's two sides of the coin, right? There's the people that are playing, and then there's the places that are supporting it. And we just, you know, we you could play with anybody. Anyone was into it. Anyone would improvise. Anyone would be in a rock band. Cactus would support the most out shows. You know what I mean? That that you could even imagine. You know, it was it was fantastic. And then there's always a community in River West that had all sorts of, you know, uh, you know 
places to play, but you know, all sorts of strange bar barn shows and attic shows and stuff like that. Like if you wanted to do something, there was always a place to do, to do it and always like people that were excited about it. And honestly, like, I don't think that's changed much. Like through, through like a couple of years ago when group of the altos, you know, kind of spawned off, you know, the seven or eight projects that they spawned off, they went through tons of iterations. Um, it's it's still it's still kind of happening and I, and even now to to this day I'm I'm still playing with with new people you know that that are interesting um, so I, I really think that Milwaukee is I, I don't think it's probably unique in in the world but I think it's unique it's a unique place um, insofar as it really fosters that type of collaborative kind of environment it, yeah it, I I think it I think. I mean, I, I think it is unique. I think it is unique outside of what, what people think of as, like, the, the industry centers. You know, you, you see a lot of clubs, like, say, in New York sure, or sure. D.C., but but you don't see this that, that actually can reach a stage. Right. You know, the the DIY scene in D.C. is famous, but, you know, a lot of those bands, like, still just don't ever play a stage. It's right. all house shows, right. which is an essential component of that. But here, like, what, what blew my mind is that collaboration. I remember one of the first shows I saw at Cactus Club – uh, which we now live like two and a half blocks. Yeah, from. fantastic. And and so I can just walk down there, and if sure. they well I could, but and and if there's something right. going on, <laughs> you will yeah. be able to again. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> um, but but you know, walk down there and it, it could be an all ages show of high school kids doing something. Or I went down there for a David Berman yeah, uh, tribute that had sure. had had like all these people from all over the city just playing David Berman songs and. What was even wilder about it is that I wasn't that big of a fan of, like, say, Silver Jews. Sure. Or I wasn't that familiar with it. And seeing these people do this, these musicians, and some of them, like, they maybe learned the song that day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're just out there, like, just crushing it. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. It's, it's a weird type of thing. I think, uh, you know, this is a reasonably affordable city. Um, and I've wondered if that has anything to do with it, but but really, it, it is the venues I think that are that are so supportive in a way that I ha I just haven't seen in such a long time. Yeah, for sure. And th there's a lot, and there's been a lot um, that have that have stayed around. Um, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt Paps Turner Riverside crew. I mean, those guys are insanely supportive. Some of the best, literally, in the world. Um, I mean, you know, Cactus, amazing. I mean, the guys at, at Cooperage, you know, starting a new thing. Um, just like all of these, all of these places are super supportive and super great places to play. And you can kind of find a room for whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Or you can go find a, 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 you know, outdoor show or some kind of festival show or street party or whatever you want, man. Like it's. It's, yeah, it's yeah. wild. It's really well. Great. Well, we we love our festivals here. Yeah, uh, that, is, that is one thing for sure. You know, and, and something that we're going to be missing uh, this summer. But it is, you know, I've seen just in this neighborhood, people roll up a flatbed truck and a bunch of uh, kids from the north side throwing a hip hop festival. Yeah, like just a few doors up from Cactus, and it, it, it's it's so uh, it makes the community. I think, well, it de it definitely makes the community richer. But it just feels like like with what we're in right now, it, it, you want to support the whole community. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because the the, the instinct for a lot of people may be like, oh, close up, I got to like, you know, quarantine off everything. And, but it's like, no, you want to go out. If uh, a restaurant, if like Honey Pie is offering carryout, you want to do that as much as you can. As much as you possibly can. As much as you can. And that, that 
like in it togetherness is I think what uh, I've responded to so much. And it's just been the, a bonus that everybody is good at their fucking job. Yeah. It's like, no, it's totally true. I, I'll tell you something too, just about this whole like past couple of months, like the amount of collaborations that have been going on, um, which file trading and songwriting, like I'm doing a ton of stuff with Sylvan Esso. Um, I'm doing a ton of stuff with Vernon. Uh, I'm doing a ton of stuff with just friends who are just sending tracks back and forth. Like you can't stop the collaboration. Like it's, 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 it's wild. Like the perfect example, man, cactus, we're talking about cactus, like they're, you know, Kelsey and, and all that whole crew is, is going through a super tough time right now. Um, she just bought the place like from Eric, you know, a couple months ago. And so we did a, a fundraiser, like a live Instagram live kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I, try, I was doing a song with Mark Waldock, who's, you know, speaking of music in Milwaukee, is a total, you know, legend. Um, and we tried to do it um, over the computer and it totally wasn't working. So I just ended up walking over to his house and like playing on the basement uh, or not the basement, but like the ground level of his staircase. Yeah, I watched he, it. Oh, I you watched did. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's like crazy. Yeah. Like you know what? What you know? Like you like that's the level that people go to. Like without even even a thought to to support these places. Well, and it also it's not support those places. It also highlights, I think, how people are thinking about art here a little differently. You know, there's a lot. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who are who are concerned about live streams and like it has to be done right. And what are they going to think if my sound is off? Oh God. And, and people here are just like fuck it, dude. There's no way. Like yeah. you're just gonna. I've I've watched. He did. Uh, Mark did. I think two or three of these things. And I remember. I just like uh, he played uh, like Van Diemen's Land off a of rattle and hum. Yeah, yeah, YouTube. for sure. And I like. I was. It was a late Saturday night. I was. I was basically drunk as hell. Sure. <laughs> I, just, I, I was just like, what? Yeah. And 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 Daria just looked at me like, what's up? And I'm like, dude, I think this guy's down the street. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been. You know, honestly, like I have been really more into the non-produced, more intimate stuff. Like Porterfield will come on. And, um, Chris Porterfield from Field Report, and I'll just see him pop up, and I'll tune in, and he's just he's sitting there like you know two feet away from his phone playing songs just into his phone reading comments and just really interacting with people um it's actually funny like even some of the late night stuff now um you know when it first started it was none of it was produced there were no mics people weren't running stuff through studio gear and it was just like and now when people start doing it it's just kind of gross like go sit there sit, sit and play your guitar and sing your song you know what i mean like that's that's the move right now like you know, we don't need a bunch of overproduced stuff. Like this is the time to get intimate with people and 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 you know, kind of you know, shed all of the the you know, have some hard corners and some mistakes and and shed all the you know the effects and gear and stuff. So I'm super into it. I, yeah, I, I think it, it, it is um, where the music industry and actually Rusty and I talked about this is definitely like everything is like super commodified. Yeah, yeah. And so people think about think if you're gonna play a show, you have to have that like ten thousand dollar pyro rig. I know. And they and they've forgotten all about like what if these people just played songs and it, yeah. and look for people who aren't into it for that, which is which is totally oh, sure, sure, yes. There there are people who just want to go be in a room of a thousand people. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. But but for the people who are and want to support this stuff, like it is it is weird at first. But then you're just like, wow, this is just put it in my veins. This is yeah. what I wanted. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I wanted. You uh, you haven't done 
I think have you have you done any live streaming stuff? Just I have. I just did it with Porter uh, with uh, with Waldock, um, and then I've been I've been thinking about it. I did a solo set um, with William Tyler at Acme. Uh, like I was there last year. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, and so that stuff wouldn't be super hard to dust off, and it would probably translate okay too. So I'm I've been kind of kicking it around. I've been kind of more focused on just because I don't sing or anything like that. Like I've just been more kind of focused on the recording and, you know, uh, collaborative kind of nature of, of music at this point, as opposed to kind of doing the live stuff. But I, I have been toying around with it for sure. So for a man who has a, a big sky pedal, do you need to collaborate? <laughs> of course, I, mean, I, man. I, saw, I saw that on your Instagram. And I was like, Oh yeah. That's... Yeah. But, but I mean, like if it gets so, it gets so like I can, yes, technically I have the capability to like, be a one-man band and like it's that's fun for me like every couple of years but like it gets so boring to just like listen to like everything that i'm making up like i need people i need weirdos in this town to shake everything up like that's the only i mean especially as, as i'm getting older like no interest in in just doing i mean i like doing the solo stuff like every once in a while because it's a challenge um but i'm, I'm really about playing with with different people and and like kind of stretching your legs a little bit you know Wait, and for people who who haven't heard you or followed like your entire career so you know as a guitar player um i, I remember our, our friend phil cook introduced us yeah yeah right right and and you said to me you said something like oh yeah i do loops and stuff i was like oh whatever dude right like, you're, you're one of those loop dudes yeah, yeah right but but then i actually went and looked at stuff and i was like oh wow this is actually something completely different um, and then you put out not that far long after that uh, the album with Nick, the Rosen Ensemble. Yeah, right. And you know, going back to your other stuff, you have like a very unique guitar style that, like, have, it, it almost is like it's deconstructed as you've developed. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's a cool way to put it. Actually, I don't think anyone's ever I've ever heard that, but that is it, that is kind of. Yeah, I think that's kind of what what happened. Not not in not in every scenario, but I think like on uh, you know the uh, on average over time, yeah, it has kind of deconstructed a little bit, which which I love. Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, listening to some of the collections uh, albums and some of the Volcano uh, Choir today, you could hear whereas the Pele was very uh, melodic and very like yeah. everything was there. I, it had that edge to it um, as that type of music did, but this is more broken up sure. and more and you could hear like having seen like that live show having seen you perform bluebird you know you could see where all those things are now like shifting into another thing is that um like as a guitar player uh does it feel like good to sort of abandon this structure yes. or something else absolutely i mean it, it, as a guitar player and i'm sure i mean this is unique to playing guitar but i mean the biggest challenge that I have is keeping that instrument fresh for myself. So, I mean, the, most of the ways that I do it are now, every time I write something, I pick a different tuning. So like, I, I don't even know where to put my fingers. So it's just, it's all by ear because otherwise I just get, I get caught in the same traps and I do the same stuff and it just gets really like, maybe people, you know, find it, you know, uh, they like it or find it appealing or whatever. And, and that's great. But, it just for me it gets a little a little stale after a little while so i, I always try to um to change it up with different tunings <clears throat> putting weird different capos that press different strings down i mean basically just like 
just like approaching, like I know technically how to do it because of my hands, but like I have to refigure it out, you know, every time to figure out like what scales and what chords and like, that's how, that's what I'm doing right now, which is really fun. So like, and that's another way to deconstruct this whole thing for me is just uh, it make it impossible for me to approach it in, in any, in a way that I've ever approached it before. Yeah, and sometimes you can end up, uh, and I've done this before. Like you end up landing on something where you can't even remember how to play it. Like, oh yeah, later. yeah, yeah, no, which is sure. kind of great because it's yes. like, who played that? Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. So I've been playing for uh, shit over thirty years. So, oh so, yeah, yeah, right on, right on. And and uh, <clears throat> and I recently got a recording rig and just it's just like Ableton, some Native Instruments stuff. And the reason was because I was like, well, it was right before all this happened. I said, uh, I need to get back into this, um, and uh, my playing is boring me. And it's just like, okay. What I've found is not using the guitar and, and, and using nothing but keys to do stuff. Yeah. And, then, and then coming in when it's time to put a guitar on something – Doing something with the guitar that I wouldn't normally do, right? And because you, where it fits in. Yeah, because you steered the ship in a different place with a different instrument. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love. Yeah, that. because because otherwise it's going to sound like ZZ Top or David Gilmore, and like that's <laughs> right. and, and that's great. Yeah. And that's just that's just how I learn. But it's just like that doesn't it doesn't uh, make sense to me anymore to just do that. Right. Like it, it's boring. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> to be for good, sure. Be for sure. I, I mean. Uh, and that, that's what I struggle with all the time. You know, that, that's what I'm constantly trying to to guard against. <clears throat> yeah, because that's how you make good shit. Yeah, yeah. At the, at the end of the day. Right. It's stuff that you're happy with, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's still filtered through my brain and my approach, so it still probably still sounds like me playing. But at least for me, it's a challenge and it's more exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can definitely pick you out now. Sure. Right. Few right. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens. Like, people get really good at, at uh, an instrument or just making art. And, and like you said, there's that stamp. It's filtered through you. No matter what you're using, it's filtered through you. Like, Nick has that uh, sure. as well. A lot of people. Um, Phil, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> just, uh, but, yeah. So, um, going forward now, what uh, – you don't play many shows. I don't know. Is Collection of the Colony of the Bees on hiatus or are they just sort of uh, – We are – we were actually ready to um, – so we, we have a new record written. But we need to kind of hammer everything out, um, playing, rehearsing and playing live, which is obviously not happening right now. Um, so we've actually been playing around with doing just some tape trading studio stuff, uh, which we'll probably release pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, Bees is still definitely going, um, but but not – I mean, it, it's going to take a second because of the whole COVID thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who else in that now? Uh, so it's me. Um, I've been the one constant in collections of colonies of bees over like whatever twenty three years or something. Um, let's see who else is the oldest member. Dan Spack, um, who's been in a while, for a while. He's also in Volcano Choir. Uh, Matt Skemp, um, who plays bass, who's also in Volcano Choir. Um, Ben Derrickson, he's also been in it for a while. He plays drums. <clears throat> he was also in All Tiny Creatures. Um, and then uh, Marielle Alschwang, which who is in uh, Marielle and the Visitations and everything. She's the most recent addition with uh, the kind of vocal stuff. Given that you can't record that, but and given that there's a lot of people in this situation, I think an article just came out in the uh, Journal Sentinel 
uh, talking with a bunch of artists who were just about to start stuff. Yep. Like where, um, where do we go from here? Because like the community still feels magic. Sure. But there is something about, you know, seeing like you mentioned, like what like Kelsey and her crew are doing. There is something uh, absolutely magical about that. But there's also the question lurking, like how long can this sustain And, and what needs to happen that we can make sure that it does? Yeah. I mean, I think a couple things, I think as you if for better, for worse or whatever you think, I mean, regardless over the next period of time, things are going to start loosening up a little bit. Um, that permits people who are um, approaching things smartly to actually get together and probably play again. So there's probably going to be a ton. I mean, like I was talking to Nathaniel Hoyer. He's a neighbor of mine from um, from Hello Death and Mary Ellen uh, and Visitations. And he's just like, we're just like our mouths are watering to play with people. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's insane. So I think... Um, I think next steps are just, I think a lot of bands are going to start rehearsing again and rehearsing pretty hard and writing, um, you know, because especially if you have a rehearsal space that's a little spread out and everyone's kind of been smart and been quarantining and um, I think it's probably uh, doable. The other thing that Nathaniel was mentioning yesterday when I was talking to him too was just like, I think this summer is going to be the summer of just like super weird shows. Like, because I think people are going to try to do stuff, like, out, especially outside, fewer people, um, you know, but he's got, like, a huge warehouse over there, too, that he's kind of talking about kind of configuring, and, like, it, you're not going to be able to do normal shows, So, but people are going to have to do shows, like, people are dying to do all this stuff, and so I think people are just going to find very weird venues and very weird places and very weird things to do, which is going to be really fun and cool. And that's wild the thing about so our our deck is basically a stage. Yeah, exactly. And, and, exactly. We, and we and we built it like that. Sure. Like that was the intention, and, and for for other reasons. But now, what you're looking at it like, okay, how can we have people in the backyard and make it safe? It's exactly have right. So, have somebody up there, and the, the, everybody's safe, but everybody, and it may only be like a show. Uh, maybe we have like Schlee Berry on to play for like ten people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and and but like doing stuff like that and sort of letting people know that like it, you're still like everything is still out there. Yeah. Oh, you know? for and, sure. and, and we can do this and adapt. Uh, you know, if it if it carries on longer, I, I actually uh, sent Kelsey some info about uh, like online streaming studios and stuff. And and while I do agree with you that that it, it is the the raw stuff is is really what we need you know there are people that are looking for that more yeah, produced stuff sure. i'm actually i'm actually yeah. directing one tomorrow for yeah, somebody that's and cool. and and I, I i wonder if they can't you know like you said responsible like rehearsal spaces cactus club you could do that in so you could literally have a band play there on a friday night and then it would be just the band and a cameraman and yeah oh absolutely and not ideal but at the same time if you can sell ten dollars uh a ticket yeah yeah so you're talking about like a live production type thing which yeah yeah amazing yeah sell tickets to the show and 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 cactus takes some and the band takes some and i mean there will be all sorts of like ideas i mean there are going to be two buckets of ideas right there's going to be the ideas that just sustain people through this which is fine, which needs to happen. And then there's going to be these ideas where it's just like, wait a minute, we can do this. 
and like they'll it'll continue and it'll be this new kind of weird avenue to to do you know interesting stuff i think i i, I there's a silver lining albeit probably small there is some in this, you know. <laughs> there, there is there, there's and i i also see uh that you're going to see a lot of people who maybe didn't think about doing something in the arts before mm-hmm. oh yeah who, who, who have like really just been like it's it's all the whole thing like you put off your thing because you need a, you need a hobby and you yeah. pick it up and find out that you like it, you're really good at it and then it's just like you're given the chance to do this or you feel you made something good and and you'll get out there and less uh you know people often are scared to get out there in front of people sure sure for sure but i mean this is a i mean maybe a way to do it like you're saying baby steps yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's baby steps. And you're like, oh, I wrote this great song. Nobody want to hear it. And the reality is everybody wants yeah, to hear it. Yeah, for sure. Not only that, they need to hear it. Right. No, totally agree. Especially if it's coming from your community. If you find out, like, the dude just down the street is just, like, making some insane yeah. shit. No, it's like, great. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think um, – yeah, I think this is just um, – a community like this, it can happen in small. It will happen in a community like this, a small community. Mm-hmm. I wonder about larger communities. Uh, so, like DC, for example, uh, there's just a lot of big venues. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how they're going to do things. I know the Paps Group here is is hosting a thing from uh, Japanese Breakfast, Michelle. Right. Um. And and they're selling tickets to it, and it's going to be, and that's good because it raises money. Yep. And that's uh, what, that's what, that's the other thing I was going to say too. Like. With, with venues like people are people are asking for money like around every corner and it's because people need money around every corner so it's like especially with the venues that you love to go to like you can't assume and it's the same thing restaurants venues the whole thing like if you assume that they're going to be there for you at the end of this and you haven't supported them then it's a bad you should think again because like they they need the support and it's hard to spread it out, you know, and it's hard to think of everybody, but I mean, especially, you know, especially perhaps, you know, Turner Riverside and Collectivo and everything like, you know, they're, they're so big that it takes a lot to keep that going. And, and, you know, small places and big places alike, you need to support those places. Cause I mean, honestly, like I said, you know, perhaps Turner Riverside group, everyone that works there, I mean, are like a number one in the whole world of hospitality and putting on shows. I mean, it is ridiculous that we have that here. And, and I don't think people take it for granted, but we got to make sure that people don't take it for granted. Yeah. We got to make sure people don't take it, any of it for granted. And, 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 you know, in that the silver lining too, is also that it's, it's sort of a teachable thing where uh, people who maybe did, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and and come out of it and be like, going forward, if if everything is fine on Monday, we can't go back to just passively supporting yes, things yes, that we care totally. about. Yeah, exactly. And that and that doesn't mean you know I know a lot of people say stuff like that and they they feel like they're being shamed into spending money they don't have. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. that. No one's saying to do that. <laughs> like if you can do what you yeah. can for for the places that you love. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and if you do, they'll be there, and yeah. um, and it's a it it just uh, it makes us all better people. Yeah, in the I end, agree. I think I think so that you know, hopefully that'll be the case. We'll see, and yeah, and ho- and hopefully soon we'll be able to get a uh, beer not over the internet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. the beer garden would be open right now. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I I'm I'm hopeful that that they'll will configure it in such a way that again people who 
want to be smart and considerate and and respectful of other people can can find a way to to do a couple of things in the next couple of months here. You know, I mean, I've been locked down completely for just like everyone else and I totally support it. And, um, but you know, there, we have a lot of information now about places that have tried things that didn't work and places, you know, that have tried things that, that have worked. And I think if, you know, Milwaukee is, is a, is a good, um, is approaching things pretty well, I think uh, on, on average and hopefully, you know, the, we'll keep being smart about it and um, be able to have that socially distant beer and not too, not yeah. too far in the future. It, indeed, indeed. And uh, and hopefully you'll come back uh, soon sometime. We'll talk about uh, concert photography. Yeah, man. Because yeah, we, need, we need to talk about that. But uh, thanks for hanging out, dude. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, sounds good. Big thanks to Chris for hanging out there. And um, like I said, up front, hopefully we'll be able to do that in person sooner rather than later, though. I, I don't know. But, uh, you, you know, when we landed here to find out that there were people like him and lots of people like him here, uh, it really uh, it, it warmed my heart and let me know that we were home. People and artists like Chris are what makes Milwaukee so special. And they are uh, some of the people that are going to help us recover after all this and, and get back on our feet and uh, get back to some sort of normal and uh, I'm greatly looking forward to it so hope you guys enjoyed that that is it for this episode of Discologist if you like what you heard find an artist's organization in your community find an artist uh, something support them without artists without art we will be a boring fucking society and right now art is really in danger of being crushed by this whole pandemic so uh, go out and uh, do what you can. We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!